Michael Rechtenwald is uh, somebody I met, I don't know, about six months ago. Uh, and I didn't know what to think of the guy. Uh, he's, a, he's somebody who was teaching at uh, NYU. He had, been, he had been at the center of, of um, deconstruction, I think, and, and uh, teaching and, and, and helping further the ideas of socialism or communism. But they were all in theory. And when he started seeing people actually do it, He's like, oh, no, wait, this leads to massive death. Don't do it. And he's really had his eyes opened to the left and now is speaking out and a strong voice. Welcome to the program, Michael Rechtenwald. Hi, Glenn. Thanks for having me. Good morning. Hey, um, I want to congratulations on your book. It's called Google Arpelago, the digital gulag and the simulation of freedom. I want to start there, Michael. What do you mean by the simulation of freedom? Well, you know how the Internet gives us the sense that we can go anywhere, do anything, learn anything, uh, and have unlimited roaming capacities. You know, that's been the, the, that's been the promise of the Internet since, the, in, since its inception. Well, it's a simulated freedom. That is, is not really freedom because we're being trammeled. We're being controlled. Our, our searches are being uh, basically uh, diverted by Google and other entities but especially google for searches uh so in in effect we don't have the unlimited freedom that we think we're actually being uh controlled to a great extent by virtue of the algorithms that google has instituted if everybody if you're by a computer right now go to google.com and just type in in your search box just the letter a Stu, you doing it what comes up first uh amazon Amazon. Do you know why Amazon is coming up first? You would think because, well, everybody's searching for Amazon. What are you searching for Amazon for? How about just going to Amazon.com? Why go to Google.com to find Amazon.com, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Why is it coming up first? Because it's their biggest financial partner is Amazon. Right. And so whether you're being manipulated because of financial reasons that you don't understand or for political or social reasons, you are being manipulated. Indeed. So, so Michael, you, um, you talk about new knowledge, and before we get into, before we get into that with capital letters, there is new knowledge going around, and it is, you know, that there is no difference, you know, that men can have babies. That's new knowledge. Um, right. Show how we're being manipulated on that. Well, I mean, if you type, for example, you just talked about a Google search. If you type in men can, just type in men can. Do that you'll now. You'll see the, the amazing uh, results that you'll get. What is the, what, what Google is attempting to do in their worldview is really all demonstrated almost instantly by virtue of this search. Um, show me what it says. Has this been exposed? You don't have it? Do you have it? Men can? Uh, let's see. Her says men can have periods uh, is the number one. Okay. Uh, yes. Men can have babies. Men can have babies now. Men can think about nothing. Men can get pregnant. Okay. Now, go search for uh, women can, right? There, by the way. What's up? Yeah, you have to have a space. Yep. Now search for women can. Women so, can. Michael, tell me the significance of what he just found with men can. Well, I mean, it's just, 
So one of the things that Google is about is that they are trying to break down what I call social ontologies. And that is, you know, the basic structure or infrastructure of our social order. You know, men and women, for example, are the basic constituents of a family uh, as, you know, for a reproductive family. Well, they don't want the family to exist. Uh, one of the major arguments of this book is that Google is a leftist authoritarian outfit. And they are trying to abolish the family, and that is one of the main constituents that stands between corporate state power and the individual. That's quite uh, a statement. That's, that's a real statement to make that they're trying to abolish the family. Why would they want to do that? Because it suits their interests. Their, their interests are to have no mitigating force between them and the state or the corporate state, as they will, uh, as it were, because they are really state actors, as I've, as I've shown in the book. All right. Now search for women can. Do you have that still? Yes. Uh, women can gives you uh, women can do it. Women can vote. Women can do anything. Women can fly, which, if true, I'm going to the airlines right away and trying <laughs> yeah, to oppose that. Uh, and then women can be drafted is the last one. But the first four are are very positive. The women can fly. Who's who? What person is searching for women can fly? Right. Nobody's right. nobody's searching for that. Now you talk, and this is something also that um, our podcast just from over the weekend with Robert uh, Epstein. He was right. saying that. It's not necessarily the search results. It's the drop-down box that makes a huge impact before the search results even get there. Can you explain that? Yeah, the algorithms are are actually determining what pre-search results that you're going to get. In other words, they're they're leading you into certain uh, results by virtue of suggesting, filling in the blanks of what you are searching for and giving you the answer for what you're searching for before you even complete the search. And this has a great deal. People often just drop down on the box instead of completing their search by typing. They prefer to let the algorithm fill it in for them. The algorithm fills it in and diverts them into the, into the channel that uh, Google would have you go in. But if you're not searching for women can fly, is the concept right. that they're just showing you all positives about women? or Absolutely. Okay. Yes, they have this thing called algorithm algorithmic unfairness. Okay. Now, that's their definition of it. what they mean by algorithmic unfairness is unfairness in the world. They're not talking about their algorithms being unfair. They're saying that there is an unfairness built into the reality, and that they attempt purposefully to change that unfairness by virtue of altering the results that they give you for your searches to reflect the way the world should be rather than the way it actually is. But, Michael, yeah, because your your conclusion, new knowledge or does the real exist, you— nothing in the men's drop-down box, men can have periods, men can have babies, you know, uh, that those, those aren't true. That's not that's, right. So does right. they're not true, but they want them to be true. Uh, they want these things to be true because they are trying to disestablish our stable social ontologies. They are uh, attempting to eradicate any, any barriers that stand between corporate state power and the individual. 
Okay, so family is the main one. I mean, Karl Marx in 1848 with with uh, Engels in the Communist Manifesto. One of the ten points in the platform was to abolish the family. This goes back hundreds of years now, and there is no question that Google has interest in the abolition of the social ontologies that lead to the family. So because of the policies inside the company that make it very apparent, uh, and their and their and their uh, algorithmic biases out, you know, that lead that are facing outward to the public that make it very apparent. You talk about new knowledge, and um, we've talked about new knowledge being, you know, women can fly and men can have periods, but right. new knowledge is capitalized, capital N, capital K. What is right. new knowledge? There's a company called newknowledge.com that builds themselves as a disinformation agent, as the leading disinformation agent on the web. Now, as we've seen with the the affair that's going on in terms of the Ukraine issue, anytime they're saying one thing, it's really the opposite. New knowledge claims to be the main source for uncovering the Russian bots that were colluding to help Donald Trump win the 2016 election. Well, after they submitted their report to the Senate Intelligence Committee, they then went on in the 2017 election to simulate Russian bots themselves to support the candidacy of Roy Moore in order to make it look like the Russians were behind his candidacy. So they create reality. Then they spread this news, quote-unquote news, to the news outlets, saying that this was happening. They were producing the reality that they were report, having reporters report on. This is what's going on. This is what new knowledge is. It's the creation of a simulated reality, and then the reporting on it by news outlets. This is unbelievable, uh, Michael. Um, I, was at a, I was at a friend's house on Saturday, and... Um, they uh i walk in and they said uh alexa living room lights right and i said dear god don't tell don't no you don't have alexa all throughout everything in your life yeah we love it i said do you have nest too yeah we love it and i said uh-huh that's great and I tried to talk to him about, you got to stop that. Don't. Don't feed that any more information. Right. Can right. you explain to the person who says, I, but I love this. It's, I don't have anything to hide. As he said, Glenn, if they're coming for me, they're out of everybody else. Right. So what There's do you- a couple things to say about that. First of all, Alexa has been shown to be a biased virtual assistant it is collecting information that leads you to certain conclusions that they want you to draw so the information is already tilted they're basing alexa is based on tilted algorithms just like google search engines secondly alexa is recording your conversations (laughs) and with the development of harpa the health advanced research project agency which is an analog of darpa which is to be an analog of DARPA, this data will be collected, collated, and sent to a central database in order to be interpreted to decide upon certain things about your life. For example, whether you can own a gun. Uh, 
And it's not just Alexa, it's Google Home, it's the Google Watch, and it's your television if it's a certain brand, and I won't mention it. No, mention it. Go ahead and mention it. It's Samsung. Samsung televisions have been shown to be recording conversations. So, and soon it could be a refrigerator. If the Internet of Things becomes what they, what is, uh, it's vaunted to be, that is, any appliance in your home, any appliance, I'm talking a washing machine, I'm talking... Hair dryers, everything. Hair dryer, a microwave, uh, uh, I'm looking around my apartment here, a, 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 a refrigerator. Blender, television, blender. radio, anything that plugs in and has a chip. Right, anything that can be chipified. Then we'll be in this new Internet of Things, which is IoT, as they call it, the smartification of everything. This smartification of everything is basically the circumvention of your, what it is, it's the, it's the surrounding of yourself with intelligent machinery, which is in effect a way to fence yourself in to, to be surveilled upon, to, be, uh, to have all the data in your home recorded and sent to central agencies to have it collated etc etc it's a very very scary proposition so most people i say i'm sorry go go ahead in the book in the book in google archipelago i say that soon everything that's happening outside of the home will be recorded and tracked and traced and much of what goes on inside of the home as well thanks to this internet of things the smartification of everything uh google archipelago is the name of the book with michael rechtenwald more in just a second uh, let me just say this. A lot of Germans said at first, no, it's just like the Boy Scouts. It's just like the Boy Scouts. The Hitler Youth, yes, it's about Hitler and stuff, but they do a lot of good things, and my kids get out and they get fresh air and everything else. Well, eventually those kids were taught to report on their parents. You don't need the kids to do it. Now your blender will do it. Your TV, Google is doing it. Nest is doing it. So, um, Michael, I, yeah. uh, I just did a podcast uh, with Robert Epstein, who I think right. you know, um, yeah. and he is all over Google, and he scared the living daylights out of me and said, Glenn, everything that has happened so far has concerned me. Last year, I became um, uh, deeply troubled by it. He said, but 2020 is the year of being terrified of what is coming and right. he he believes we are we have either crossed the threshold or about to before it's too late and we're trapped in what you call a digital gulag yes a simulated reality that is they're producing news and then they're, they're producing reality and then reporting on it as if it's real and this is really the scariest thing that's going on and then they're going to make anybody that that claims that truth to be real, to be insane. They're going to declare them insane. This is, they're just going to make you out to be a crackpot, some sort of a, a lunatic, you know, a fringe character. So this is really what's at stake. What's at stake is the, is the very value of truth. And we don't, have, we don't have people who really understand it here. I was talking to someone who is in the know about uh, the, social, um, the social scores in China and he said, right. Glenn, when you talk about it, you don't go far enough. He said, everyone's social score is 
is tied to each other and they can tell if your phone is in proximity of somebody else's phone and if you're talking to somebody who has a lower social score your social score is affected so yes. you have you you get to a point where you're like dude i cannot talk to you don't call me anymore i can't talk this to you a, this is a way of banishing certain people and and particularly it is in China a way of banishing people whose politics don't line up with the communist China, uh, Chinese Communist Party. But isn't that isn't that the same thing with us now? We're at the beginning to where they are banning voices, political voices, and saying you can't right. you can't play in society. What they haven't done yet is taken the next step. Right, they haven't done the total deletions of the actual individuals, but they're doing digital deletions, Correct. which are a lot easier to affect. Correct. A digital deletion of an individual, basically, when you've made the whole social world dependent upon the digital realm, and then you delete somebody from the digital realm, you've effectively socially erased them. Right. And that's what's happening. The name of the book is Google Arpelago, uh, The Digital Gulag and the Simulation of Freedom by Michael Rechtenwald. Really, really well done, well researched. He's a great writer. Uh, I can't recommend it highly enough. If you are if you are at all concerned about what is happening, um, it's Google Archipelago and it's Michael Rechtenwald. Now, Google Archipelago, the digital gulag and the simulation of freedom. It's available at Amazon and bookstores today. I'm trying to convince Stu to somehow or another die on Thursday's episode because, you know, might might mm-hmm. might bring in an extra, you know, 10,000 viewers or something if he were to die, like in a giant Ferris wheel crash where the Ferris wheel, the bolt breaks and he's on top of the Ferris wheel. And it's like, you know, oh, my gosh, it's starting to oh the humanity. And then he's squashed at the bottom. It'd be huge. He'd be a meme for the rest of your life. You know, you're going to die anyway. At some point. Right. That's the, that's the go out in here. style. Be a meme. Be a meme. Be great. Thursday. I mean, I guess it would draw Eastern. attention to this important story. Yeah, it would. Can we make some it sort would. of analogy like, you know, the Democrats narrative on on Ukraine? Yeah, is, I'll come up ah. with something. I'll come up with a chalkboard. Mm-hmm. So you'll okay. get it. We'll get an extra day out of your death. Oh, cool. OK. I mean, yeah. I don't there's not it's not going to be a lot of opposition to this idea. Right. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, we have a big special coming up three days, nine hours, 55 minutes from now. Uh, it is um, the special on Ukraine and exposing what's really going on and and showing you the facts that we have. We'll have everything, everything on that special. I, I put one rule. When in doubt, leave it out. If it's in this special, if it's not, if we're not absolutely sure, leave it out. For instance, there's a story today that we've been reporting on the change in uh, the the whistleblower documents. Now, the left is coming out and saying, no, they made that change in in, in May of uh, 18. Well, I said that this morning. I've said that a couple of times that this we don't know when this came out. May have been as early as May of 18. August 19 uh, is the last um, and we know that they announced this change publicly. 
September 20th, just a couple of days before all of this story broke. But what they what is not in dispute, I believe we will know for sure. But what is not in dispute, I believe, is when you look at the two documents, one says you can't have secondhand knowledge and be urgent and be sent into uh, Congress right away. You can't be part of an urgent report if you have secondhand knowledge. Yeah, the, the paragraph is called firsthand information required. Right. And that kind of says it all. Firsthand information is required. Uh, that box is no longer on that whole paragraph of, hey, you've got to be firsthand, have firsthand knowledge yourself um, to be able to uh, send this submission in. That box is no longer on. When they did it, why they did it, so what? They did it They did it in May of 18. Oh, like the intelligence community wasn't already riddled with deep state? <laughs> wasn't already riddled with people that, that might want to whistleblow for a political reason? We know that. Yeah. We knew that from the Mueller report. I, I find, And Mueller report, I'm glad you brought, brought that up because this is another one of those circumstances where I think it's always... A good idea to wait until you understand you know um a lot of times it's like learning about someone else's religion you know a lot of times you hear like well they believe this crazy thing and then you kind of hear it in context from someone who actually is in the religion and you're like all right well that makes a little bit more sense and might not be my belief but okay i get it yeah the same thing is happening i think a little bit here and for the left of all groups to be preaching to us about this today when the very whistleblower report we're talking about included the idea that all of these uh, transcripts from the calls were moved to a super secret server. That was the main piece of evidence in there. Oh my gosh, they must have known it was a terrible call because they hit it in this fashion. Well, the mainstream media, along with everyone else, has already abandoned that now because they now recognize and admit that the Trump administration moved that because of the early leaks in the administration. So, again, this is another piece where they are jumping to a conclusion based on um, information uh, that they think they get, right? That's which what, they, But they, in, in full context, didn't understand, which they now admit only three days right, later. Which is why, do we have the tape of Chuck Todd this weekend? Which is why Chuck Todd said this with a guest. Listen to this. The... The, it's the the Chuck Todd. Yeah, the Chuck Todd. Here it is. Here it is. There are three phone calls. Uh, excuse me, two phone calls and one meeting that the president has had with Vladimir Putin. Actually, all of them have taken place since the election oh of the gosh. Ukrainian president Zelensky. Uh, a phone Whoa. call on May third, the uh, a meeting on June twenty eighth, and uh, a phone call on July thirty first. <gasps> uh, which, by the way, six days, six days. after the uh, Zelensky phone call in question. Do you think you'll ever know the contents of that conversation? <laughs> so any stop. of those conversations? So, so what is he saying here? In reality, what he's saying is the president has made calls to foreign leaders since then. That's what he's saying. Since that phone call, he's made calls to foreign leaders. If you didn't know the first charge that there is something in this phone call, which they found out there was nothing in that phone call, would you care if you if you knew that the president this summer made three phone calls to Vladimir Putin? We'd all go, of course he has. Of course, he's talked to him. But now they've insinuated this first call that something was wrong with it. But there wasn't anything wrong with that call. So now let's insinuate there's something wrong with these Vladimir Putin calls. This is a witch hunt. Well, and it's, it's an argument specifically 
based on the fact that their last argument failed. Failed. Their first argument was these things were only kept secret because they knew this one call with the Ukrainians was really bad. And that's why they hit it. Now they're saying, oh, well, he's hiding all of them? Well, now we have to see all of them because all of them must be bad. Well, wait a minute. you That's you. The main piece of evidence in the whistleblower uh, blower report is about the fact that this call being classified in this fashion indicates the Trump administration knew it was a problem. So and now, way, since all of them are kept this way, now you have to back off of that and say, well, we wonder if all of them are problems in another fashion now because is, they're all in this, this secret file. Isn't it interesting that they also are now saying that we have to see all of these when the entire thing is about national security? If you want national security, you can't release all of a president's phone calls. I'd say that about Barack Obama or anybody else. If you have evidence of something and you have a, a, a reasonable expectation to find it, then go for it. But what's happening is they're going to start exposing all of these conversations with the world leaders and no world leader is going to want to talk to our president. You're not going to get real conversations happening if they think that they can just be exposed all the time. Mm -hmm. There has to be secrecy with the president, Barack Obama, George Washington, whoever it is. They must have assurance that my phone call is not going to be ratted out in some sort of scandal here for no reason at all. Uh, because I talked to the president of the United States. I mean, think about this. I would love to have the details of every conversation Barack Obama ever oh had gosh, with a foreign leader. Great. Can you imagine what we learned from that? Uh, how about we, just the ones in Turkey? Oh, my gosh. But we acknowledge the president of the United States has to have room yes. to have frank conversations yes. that we are not uh, given every detail of. That's not maybe for historical sense. 30, 40, 50 years, we're sure. going to learn those things. I want records of everything. Sure, but that is not something that we are going to get in real time, nor should we. Right. So let me, let me, um, let me change the subject here slightly. Uh, I want to hear from you right now. We're going to take phone calls right after the show, and I want to know from you, what is it that you need or want to understand or uh, you know, want us to look into for this show on Thursday, we want to get the basics covered and we we are going to show you a narrative and we'll use the chalkboard to explain the timelines and everything else. So you really understand what this story is about. And it's much more than just Joe Biden. Now, we've already provided the Joe Biden uh, story tomorrow we are going to uh, have on blazetv.com, we have the Joe Biden in uh, Ukraine story. Then on Wednesday, we're doing the Joe Biden in China story. Then on Thursday, a special preview of the Ukrainian show. Stu will be hosting that, and I and the producers and the writers will all be here to talk about what we're going to explain to get people to watch then at 9.30 Eastern on Facebook and on YouTube, live, our Ukrainian special. We need you to call right now, 888-727-BECK, and help us. What are the things that are confusing? What are the things you want to understand? What are the things you think are important for us to cover? You don't have to have answers. 
we're really looking for the questions you want us to answer or the advice on you guys really need to cover this because it's important. Could you call us now? I'd love to hear from you on you're confused, your friends are confused, your friends need this answer, you need this answer. Tell us how we can best help you this week. I'm going to be taking about a half hour phone calls right after this program. So call right now and the producers will line you up at 888-727-BECK. Call my producer right now. 888-727-BECK. We'll line you up and I'll I'll speak to you as soon as we finish this broadcast um, and uh, and get your advice, get your take and try to make sure that we have the answers that you are looking for. This week on radio and on Internet, Facebook and YouTube on Thursday and all through Blaze TV, please help us do these things by becoming a subscriber to the Blaze TV. If you've never subscribed before because you thought, "Ah, I don't know why, you know, is it worth it or whatever? If we are adding value to you right now, if we're showing you things and giving you things that you feel no one else is giving you and explaining it in ways that help you explain it to others, then I would ask that you would join us and our movement at blazetv.com slash Glenn. blazetv.com slash Glenn. Don't miss a single episode all week long. blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and you'll save 10% on your first year. Welcome to the program. I am so glad that you have tuned in today. It's a big week. Um, and, you know, I what do you think of the... I didn't have time to look into the Nancy Pelosi um, uh, expediting this thing and making sure that impeachment is moving faster. Did you have a chance to look into that at all? So many things going on. That I one I don't have my hands wrapped around yet. Yeah. I mean, it's really... a. It's tough because it's going into these weird areas. And we, as we found out with the Mueller report, which is where we kind of started this a few minutes ago, they're, look, they're, let's sit at reality for a minute. The Democrats want this whether it's true or not, right? Yes. They want this to be true whether it is true or not. They are going to start an impeachment inquiry. In that inquiry, we're going to see the best cases of both sides, and we'll be able to make our determination as citizens, as voters. So the idea that we have to jump on to every single claim and have a definitive answer that day Number one is probably not the best way to get to the truth anyway. But number two is is unnecessary. We saw this with the Mueller report. People lived and died every day trying to figure out every little claim and rumor and report and fake op-ed and whatever it was in the New York Times. And at the end of the day, we saw what the Mueller report said, which was there was no evidence of collusion whatsoever. And we're not going to, you know, in, in three days from now, four days from now, we're not going to solve this. What we're going to do is lay out the narratives. And we're what, going to lay what out we know now, what right? we know. Right. And it's enough to say, OK, you want to continue looking at Donald Trump? Fine. Look at Donald Trump. But you should also look here. And this is perhaps why people are freaking out um, because of the narrative that we will lay out. And we will have it a fact based narrative. We're not going to have all of the documents and everything else, but we will show you the documents and tell you what we do know for sure, what people, not anonymous sources, what people are on record 
um, and putting in sworn testimonies in. What do we really know? For instance, I, I find it really fascinating. I, I think there's I think there's a lot on this Manafort uh, Tony Podesta thing. I'm fascinated by that one. Yeah, uh, it, it bothered me. It bothered you, I think, too, at the same time that Manafort, the day he was fired and they went after Manafort, Tony Podesta just shut up shop. <laughs> like this is one of the most profitable and influential uh, lobbying institutions in Washington. Right. And it was like, ah, close for business. Like literally in a day. Like, ah, we're thinking about it. I mean, it even took Harvey Weinstein how long. Yeah. This was, we're closed. And... um we're going to we're going to show you some reasons on why that probably happened. But I want to hear from you. What do you want to know? What is important to know? How can we help you this week? Um, because we all have to come together and we all have to work together. Uh, and that's not to excuse the president. That's not just a fight for this president. It's to fight for the truth. Fight for the truth. And as long as the people that we support are in the circle of truth, then fine, fine. But you're, it's very hard to find the truth these days. We'll try to help you do that. Call us now, 888-727-BECK. I'm going to start taking phone calls here in about five minutes. Uh, 888-727-BECK. Call us now. This is the Glenn Beck Program.